Anna here. Did you know I have another podcast? And did you know it's all about failure? Well, at this point, you'd have to answer yes to both of those questions because I just told you. But my other show isn't just about failure. It's about failing your way to success. Yes, success. Because the most successful people are often just the people who've gotten up the most times after their failures. Don't believe me? Go download Fail Your Way to Success wherever you get your podcasts or go to failyourway.com for more info. Now back to the show. Welcome to the after party. It's time to change. You're just getting started. You can teach an old dog new ways and not just on Saturday. So yeah, this is Anna David with the After Party Pod podcast about addiction recovery, mental illness, and all that falls in between. So yeah, this, I'm sorry, I know I'm not allowed to say this, but I just feel like this podcast is getting better and better, and it's nothing to do with me. It's everything to do with these last few guests. Not that all the guests haven't been amazing, but I do feel like we've been on a bit of a roll here. I could be wrong. I don't think so, because I normally tell myself things are much worse than they are. Um, which is highly relevant for the conversation you're about to listen to, which is the one I just had with Mike Carano. He's, you guys know who he is. He's, you know, he, he, he's on Loveline a lot. He has a podcast himself. He does these well-known five-minute videos. Um, and he, is a, he photographs comedians, and he worked at the improv for a really long time. But he's just a super fascinating guy. And people had been telling me I should have him on this podcast. And I'm so glad I listened. Um, He's a thinker. I mean, like when they talk about people whose brains don't turn off. And when I think of myself as someone whose brain doesn't turn off, his his puts mine to shame. And um, I had listened to him on the mental illness happy hour. And um, I'd listened to, so his own podcast is just him walking around recording what's happening, which yeah, I don't know. It was so good and so interesting. I thought, should I should I do that? Should I do that in my intros? Not actually walk around because, as you know, I have a hard time with this recording equipment, even when sitting still. So, but it just did make me think. It was so nice to listen to somebody um, just sharing the thoughts in their head. Uh, but I, I think you have to be a, a really interesting person. I'm not saying I'm not, but I'm not sure that I'm someone who can just you know download. Uh, that information in an interesting way. I, I really don't know, frankly, but uh, you know, we, we get into, you know, it became one of these, a little bit like the Natasha Vargas Cooper interview where uh, the tables got a little turned and, and he started asking me questions. And I love that because for me, while I'm doing it, it makes me forget. I'm not so conscious of the fact that I'm asking questions or feeling like I'm listening to a monologue sometimes, but, but you know, we talked about all sorts of stuff about like mental illness in the family and and headaches. Maybe we talked about the headaches off air, but but this interaction began when he walked in my office and I mentioned that I had a headache and he said, "Do you mind if I touch you?" And uh, which which is obviously a weird intro, but when you get headaches the way I do, when some when you say I have a headache and somebody says, "Can I touch you?" you think oh my God, they might have the solution to my headache. Of course. And he actually did this like, 
he actually got to the spot on my head. And I'll tell you something, I don't have a headache anymore. So it's possible that in addition to his other talents, he also has some weird healer touch. Uh, but we talked about that and um, yeah, and, and, and the family stuff is just fresh in my brain because I was just home over the weekend and I, and I feel like it took, well, it's now Thursday, so that's how long ago the weekend was, but it, I was really hung over from it. Um, oh, you know what? I talked about this in my last <laughs> intro, but it, I just got to say, like the headache has lasted until now from it and, um, and that's real. That's real shit, you guys. Um, as is what we get into in this interview. Um, we talk about sobriety. He's been sober a couple years. Uh, we talk about mental illness. We talk about medication and therapy and program. And uh, God, it's really, really, really interesting. It's definitely like, you know, um, you know how some people, it's just like, it's sort of unbridled id. Ego kind of falls away, and it's sort of like if you could chop open someone's head, and the and and you could spill out not brains but actual thoughts. That's sort of what it felt like, because um, he's kind of got that quality. And every time I told him how great it was, he would tell me that to stop saying that. So anyway, that is that is your introduction to Mike Carano, who you are going to be fascinated by. It's a money-back guarantee, even though this is free. Okay, here he is, Mike Carano. I first started taking drugs by chewing blocks of hash. Oh, my God. I think my copy has, like, blood stains on it from shooting up while reading it. Party animal. I hate to say that because that makes me sound Paris Hilton. I was on the, as right. I call it, the Autobahn to nowhere. I'm very lucky because would you have wanted to have a celebrity junkie for a dad? I, I talk to myself. Do you like talk to yourself? Yeah, like like embarrassing. Really? Yeah. We're on, by the way. Okay. What do you mean you talk to yourself? I mean, I will have a conversation with myself, a legitimate conversation with myself, just to keep my my brain inter interacting. Oh, you do it. You, you don't do, do it do on purpose. No, no, no. no. I, I'll walk in. I'll go. Where's the Q-tips? I'm looking for Q-tips. I don't know. I don't think you have the Q-tips somewhere logical. And I'll walk around CVS. And this is not recording. I'm right, right, right. I'm just. Do you talking. think you do that as a result of having done those videos? And no, no, I've done it all things. the time. I've done it all the time. So you, your whole life was preparation, really, to do those recordings. Really. I don't know. That's isn't, a positive spin on it. Isn't that a... I don't know. That, I like that. The, the negative spin My is, whole life was preparation for me making idiotic recordings as I walk around the streets of Los Angeles. They're not idiotic. They're watched by many. By the way, things that are idiotic are watched by many as well. But yours happen to yeah, not be idiotic. Yeah, thanks for building it up and then tearing it down. No, but here's... Okay, so the negative version of that, the, the negative interpretation is that you're supposed to not be telling yourself till you're 70. Mm-hmm. Right? You don't talk to yourself at all? No, I do, but my mother does. Okay, I do it the way my mother does, which is it's talking, in quotes, to the pets. Oh, yeah, I do that too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then I, you know, my mom is not afraid to then, like, go and kind of continue a little bit and talk to herself. I think that... Is she I'm, aware that you're listening, or is... Yeah, it's real cute when she does it, you know? Um, I, I'll find myself maybe doing a little of that, and I... And I I get ashamed and feel old and stop. Mm -hmm. You don't do that. You just like full force. I don't. You know, I'd have to find. I'd have to think of a situation where I did it. But I talk to myself all the time while I'm working. If I'm sitting in front of a computer, I'm having a conversation the entire time. Right. Like I'm openly just talking. Do you have like where's that photo? I can't find that picture of Jay Moore. Oh, blah blah blah. blah. It should be over here. I don't know why I didn't put it in there. I'm an idiot. I should label the yeah, stuff. Yeah, that the kind of thing makes more sense. Yeah. 
rather than like, hello, Mike. No, I don't do that. How are we feeling? <laughs> Kill that dog right now. No, I don't want to. Kill it. Kill it. So, no, it's, okay. it's basically like I'll drive down the street and I'll go like, hit the gas, idiot. Yeah. And then, I'll, then I'll have their side of it. But I don't know what I'm doing. I'm, I'm a moron. Well, I am in a hurry, moron. So Stop when you say their side of it, you mean your other I have a conversation side. with them right. in my head. Right, right, And it's right. them defending their position to me and me continuing, you know, just being mean and oh, insulting Oh, interesting. Him. So it's like that idea that we all have a mean voice in our head that talks yeah. to us. You don't do that? No, of course. Do you don't day. say repulsive, horrible things to people in, in, under your breath in the car no, that you would never myself. say in public? Because I find myself at my most racist and most mean right. in the car. And it's not my racism. It's not racism. It's... Anger. It's calling people names that don't apply whatsoever. It's just trying right. to find the worst thing to possibly say to somebody. Well, I would say that they they call it road rage because yeah. it's meant to, you know, because it enrages many. But I also find that I'll have a thing with someone and then later I'll realize what the perfect comeback was mm. and I'll be mad. But then I'm happy because I didn't say the nasty thing that I'll later have to make amends for. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I'm not at that point of maturity where I, I've got I've gotten to the amends point. I'm still right. on the I wish I would have thought of something faster. Right, but it, it, in the end, it's saving you a lot of hassle. That yeah, too. I know. Truly, I know. you're well, so much spreading negativity. Too. I think. Yeah. And I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to like uh, talking about me walking around making recordings in the beginning when I started doing that podcast. I was happy with it because it wasn't just me venting. Right. It was just observational and fun, and I wanted yeah. it to be that way. And then it got into a couple of ruts, like five or six in a row, where I was depressed. Right. You know, when you go through something, and yeah. you've got a lot of stress, and then everything seems to come down on you at once, and it was just me screaming and yelling, and just being miserable, and not funny, right. and not entertaining, and not even interesting, in my opinion. And, it, and I just decided I'm going to keep this commitment, and make sure I keep doing this every week. And it's, right. it was hard, I didn't want to, and it wasn't fun. What did people fun. say about those? Some people relate. Yeah. As you, I'm sure you have the same kind of people. That right, I, right, right. You attract your own people. Right. Yeah. I'm not sure who my people are. I do think that they, some of them are so lovely. Of course. Of course. Same, same here. And then yeah. there's going to be a couple of uh, oddballs that stand out. Yeah. There. I've had some, some trouble yeah, with a couple, too. you too. know? Um, Stalking trouble? Uh, um, no. I did have that in college. And yeah. I, I'm you look a, like you have a lot of stalkers. Thank, thank you, I think. That's a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> That's how good. Oh, I'm leaning in like I'm talking to someone else. That's how I compliment people. Yeah, why don't you tell yourself that and then have yourself respond? Um, <laughs> Stop, mind. Don't like, don't do that. Um, yeah, no. Um, I, you know, I had it in college once in like a really creepy, weird way. And then, like totally before my time. You know what I mean? And then I, I've only had weird internet things. Yeah. Where I've had to get detectives involved. You know, real shit. But That's what happens when you're a public figure. I mean, that really is what happens. But how about let's be a public figure who's actually a public figure, and I'll take it. You know what I mean? Do you do you do you have a sense of uh, that you're a fraud? No. Because I do big time. Why? Um, and how? I don't think I do anything, and I don't like. I, it's sort of that thing where I don't. I have an issue with somebody liking me for something that I'm doing when I feel like I'm a fraud doing it. You know what I mean? What, it's not what, legit. what about it feels like fraudulent? Um, I'm clearly not a celebrity, but I get recognized. And um, we we did a live podcast at the Improv a couple weeks ago, and we sold out. Mm -hmm. And we sold out with no comps, so we had, it was it was kind of an, an an achievement that most people can't do, knowing that being around that company for twenty something years. Right. But 
and then I was standing in the parking lot and I had to sign stuff for people for an hour and a half and I just felt like such a fraud. I'm right, like, this right, is fake. right. I'm not, I'm not, a sl- I'm not this guy and you right. guys are fooled by my, my trickery. Right. Like you're, you think I'm something better than I really am because I'm a piece of shit. And I really felt that in my heart and I, I, it was very hard to accept that and I didn't enjoy it one bit and then after the fact, like four or five days later, I looked back on it with this fond remembrance now that was an honor and that was cool right. and it was really not, it was really neat you know what I mean but it, it took me four days of being s- sincerely shaken up like f- I know I'm fucked up I, I know my head's not no right, cool. it's right. not, not good well you wouldn't be in here on this podcast if it was like, yeah. <laughs> everything is cool. No, I don't. Hey, really I'm like, I wore a thick like shirt on a 95 degree day. <laughs> but I don't really know. Made a pizza in my car and was driving with my knees over Laurel Canyon. Um, Pretty good. Look, I think that was to get her on time, and you were. Thanks. But but um, you know, I because obviously, like incredibly famous people, many of them are extremely screwed up, and many of them talk about that exact feeling. Yeah. I, I think a lot of them, I think most of them are because I think that I think narcissism is the basis for at least for alcoholism. Oh yeah, I believe because I think we all share the oh, same hundred percent feelings like why not me? Why am I not getting enough attention? No, yeah. I'm not respected enough. When when sometimes we're not worthy of that. Respect. I hate the word blessed, but we're totally yeah. I'm lucky. I'm yeah. super fortunate. Yeah. I have a great life, and yeah. I don't appreciate it. I get I get that. I hundred percent get that. But but um, I oh just to go back to beats. Um, I don't. I don't get recognized. I mean, I'm not. You know. I bet you do. I, d- I don't. I mean, I used to be on t- on a TV show that nobody I knew watched, but other people watch. I maybe got recognized like five times ever in my entire life. I do think. I think if I think. No, I, trust me. I'm the one. I don't know. I'm the because one I told living. my friend. I told a friend that I was coming over here, and she knew that you were. Really? Yeah. God bless her. Um, but I will tell you, yeah, yeah, no, it, it's ridiculous. But for the first time, do you want to be recognized? That's the thing. I think I'd react okay to it. Yeah, but that's I, fine, by the way. Yeah, that's fine. I've had this conversation with Better people be many, many times. Yeah. yeah, but I, I have had like I, I used to go to this convention when I was on G four, and and I would do the autograph, thing and I felt so phony. But that's because I knew I'm not really at that level. That's why I felt stupid. That's how I feel too. Yeah, but but. If it's happening to you, you are at that level. I don't believe it because my numbers don't sh- don't show that. And Grant, most of most people recognize me from from my association with other people, like Dr. Drew, because I hang out with him a lot. I know. And so people recognize. It's kind of because of that. Do you know I hang out with him too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm a huge, huge fan of that guy. Yeah. Um, he he's such a good one. Yeah, yeah. I um. But no, you say but, that until you hang out with us together and listen to us just drive around and complain all night. Really? We just go, we just drive around and talk. I, I, he's gotten real with me too, you know. Um, but but he. I'm not trying to compare. I'm not trying to. No, you are clearly closer to him because <laughs> I never drive. Well, he with told him. me this. I'm not gonna, I can't imagine a circumstance where I would drive with him. Not only you can come with us sometime if you want. Where do you drive? He comes over and picks me up and we go out to dinner and we go to a bar or something. Wait, I would. I we totally bar hop. To like we went to Disneyland last week, and we went. Just we, the two of you. Him, he brought his son and his son's friend, and the plan was they were going to split off to meet chicks, and we were going to hang out. What do you mean and to meet chicks? He's like, my son wants to meet girls, and they're going to Disneyland, and I was like, oh. right. And with with Drew as your dad, you could. I think it's. I I honestly believe it's way more of an imposition than anything else because it must be horrible to be his kids. Yeah. Because everyone comes to him and it's nonstop. Yeah, oh, of course. So I 
inherently would focus on them and acting like I was insult like I was pissed at that too. Right, right. You know, right. I'm like fuck. And then I would just insult everybody talking to him. Right, that's fine. Um, well, yeah, no, I would like to be invited on the dinner. Okay. I, I don't think he'd mind. You don't mind hanging out in the bar too? No. We don't drink, we just stand there and stare at people. <coughs> it would be weird if you drank considering that you're sober, yeah, right? That would be rude. Even though he is responsible for that in, in a big way, but he still gives you one glass of wine every right. time we're out. And he's like, oh, I forgot. I'm like, how do you forget that? Isn't this your primary? I know. Shouldn't this be in like your wheelhouse? Because he, I don't think he separates in his mind, oh, this is a sober person and not sober person. I think that like. I think he liked me better when I drank. Okay, so so talk to me about your drinking. I love drinking. Mm -hmm. Love it. Love it. Love it. I, uh, I'm probably my greatest accomplishment in my head. No, without a doubt, it's my best accomplishment. The thing I'm most proud of is the fact that I quit drinking because it's the one thing in my entire life that I followed through on and, and kept to. Right. And that's a very impossible thing for me to do. I try to eat healthy. I don't. Yeah. I try to do this. I don't. We were at the fair last night, deep fried Oreos, right. ice cream. We had like eight things. Right. Like eight horrible things. Right. And, um... Are you, um, do you feel those in your body? Like Absolutely. It was, it was a horrible night after that. <laughs> Like I talked to her this morning, she's like, I didn't sleep all night. I'm like, neither could I. Maybe it was the cotton candy, the coach, the French fries, the fried chicken, the the, yeah. the, the ice, giant ice cream sundae we split, and then we got deep fried Oreos, and then we were going to get a deep fried white castle. It was everything. Right. Even rocking out to Pat Benatar didn't burn that off. Right. That sounds like the best night I've ever. It was heard a great of. night. It was a good night. But so okay, so when did you quit drinking? Quit drinking uh, December first, two and a half years ago. Okay. So. Uh, it's funny because my anniversary is in November and I keep saying half. It's actually more, more than a half. Yeah, like yeah. we're getting close to that. Yeah. So that's awesome. That meeting that we share, yeah. that we go to, I was dragged to that meeting yeah. by my best friend who quit on the same exact day a year earlier. You're kidding. Now, oh. did, did you use that as motivation when you quit? He called me and he goes, when you're sober today and I want you to go to a meeting tomorrow. And I went, one day sober for me because yeah. I just had decided to quit. Yeah. And uh, so he and I... Bob Forrest went to the meeting together. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've seen Bob at that meeting. Who's your best friend? Maybe I know him. Um, I don't want to say on the show. No, 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 no. Of course not. But um, I would have. No, yes. When I just recorded one with Mark Do you know Mark Ebner? No. Is he, he's great. Yeah. But I just recorded a podcast with him, and we would talk about people, and we would just basically whisper their names. Yeah, yeah. Um, which was an interesting approach. I've told people, st I've, I've been chastised by friends that are long time. Yeah. You can't do that. And I'm like, all right. Yeah. You know. Because I'll Twitter something, but I won't, I don't mention a name, but I'll go, some guy at my meeting did this, or yeah. somebody's harmonizing with happy birthday, fuck this, you know, and, and they're like, you know, I've like, seen a couple of your tweets like that. Yeah. But like, it, yeah, no, and I think that's fine. But I've had people go, that's. I think you're breaking the 10th. Right. I know. 11th tradition? Maybe. I, I don't, don't remember. Well, considering I break it constantly, I really should know. <laughs> but, I, but I'll tell you that I don't, I am super careful about it. Yeah. Uh, um, I do my best to not, to not say the two initials. Um, my friends that are public, that are, that are famous, that are in the program, that have written books and stuff, I will mention them. Yeah, because exactly. Because they've openly talked Bob, about it. Like, that's fine. Yeah, Bob doesn't, he's, I don't even know if he's in the program. Yeah, I know. But I, I know. mean. Right. That's not, I don't think that's burning one, right? No. He, on television, took people to meetings. So I think yeah. that that's okay. Like if I say Robert Downey Jr. said this Right, too, right. That's right. not. Yeah. yeah. He didn't, but. Right, right, right. I, I, th I think that's 100% yeah. fine. It's just funny that it's like. You're making me feel more relaxed about that. Oh, I'm so glad. Because you told me that. Because I definitely felt like I had burnt, I had, I had broken some sacrilegious rule. And I didn't mention 
people are, are nuts. Yeah. They're nuts. When I, the very first thing I ever did in this realm is when I was like three or four years sober, I wrote a story about uh, meth in Hollywood. This was like back when people didn't know that fancy people did meth. And, and somebody came up to me, like a quote unquote friend and said, you know, I was really, I was really, dis-. it was about addiction. It never mentioned anyone getting sober. I was really disturbed by that article. I felt that it was breaking in on m and I just thought, what's your, what's your feeling nuts. about that? Because I've, I've come full circle. I've, I've gone around, when I first started going to those meetings, I really felt like I found my people and yeah. I found some peace and I felt great about it. It's like a little club. And then I began to hate it like four months later. Oh, really? Like I really went, I hate these fucking people. It's me, 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 me. Everything's about me. I didn't get this. I can get that. And you're like, shut the fuck. That's all of us, you fucker. Right. And, and then, but I've come back around to realizing you just got to be accepting of people. And this is how people are. Well, and also it's what you are hearing. And I'm that hearing. way. I'm a hypocrite. But it's what, you know, it's, it has, when I think uh, meetings suck, there's a common denominator at all of those meetings. And that's me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and when I think meetings are great, it's often that I'm in a really great state. Mm-hmm. You know, that being said, some meetings absolutely suck. Yeah. But, you know, there's, um, like, there's the one we're talking about, it's, you don't hear anybody going, oh, what a poor me, I didn't get this. Very rarely. No. Well, what I have noticed in that meeting is, which is every meeting, which yeah. is somebody, once in particular, once someone told a story, and I was fucking tears were just rolling down my face and it was a very serious somber story and they, they sold it. Yeah. I don't, I don't mean they were being fake about it, but they yeah. didn't tell it in a way, they told it in a sincere way, very authentic, about their parents killing themselves. Well, and they said, my parents both did like murder-suicide last week and my grandparents did the same thing. And oh. right now my head is spinning uh-huh. and I don't really know how to deal with it. And I was like, like, oh, it, it just puts things into a different perspective. I'm like, my, my bullshit problem. Yeah. Like, oh, I have to drive to San Diego to have, go out to dinner today. Right, Ooh, right, right, woe right. is me. And I was like, wow. And then the next person had this story loaded up about how great everything is at work. And I was yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. couldn't have backburner that till next. You had to get up and go, I just want to say, I meditated and everything is great. And I was, I wanted to go like, did you even listen to the person? Could okay, you not just not raise your hand and let, let that sit for five minutes? I have a minutes? horrible story about that. Uh, another program that I will sometimes go to, fine, Al-Anon, that's what it's called. Um, there's this meeting where the way they do sharing is you raise your hand after the speaker talks and they write your names down and then they arbitrarily call on you. A the, woman the shared. way too fair. A woman shared. It's the most unfair thing ever. Because you still have no control over getting called on. Yeah. A woman shared about her baby dying. The whole room is weeping. And then we're all praying, you know, and then it's just like, Anna? Don't be me. It was me. What'd you say? I didn't know what to do. I think I just tried to share and I was like, I'm sorry, I just can't. That's a tough one. It's tough. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a weird thing. I, I recommend those meetings. I really think those meetings, I think, I think the best thing that they do is they are an antidepressant. I yeah. really believe that. Yeah. I really believe my Perspective brain shifter. just sitting there. It's not even it's not even a conscious thing. It's just being in there. When I leave there, I feel good about myself, especially that 9 a.m. meeting because I got up early. I'm not a morning person. Right. I don't have to get up in the morning ever. Right. And I love the fact that I dragged my ass over to that meeting and right. sat there and I feel like I've done something and I feel like I've been with those people and I, that's obviously I share all the same problems everyone shares there. The narcissism, the that life is unfair to me and this, you know, the same exact issue. So I think it's a good thing for, for that. I forgot what I was talking to say. I had a point. I definitely had a point. Uh, that I think it was a positive point about meetings that, that it's, that it, it, it's an antidepressant. 
Yeah, but there was that that meeting. Ah, I'm sorry. It's, it's I'm cool. sorry. I just it's got cool. discombobulated completely. You're loud. Um, but what do you think of the fact that these problems that we all share, narcissism, etc., every human being alive shares? What do you think of that? Not theory? as bad as no, people in 100%. this town, in this business. And, well, and not any, as bad as alcoholics. Business. Absolutely. All alcoholics share, I believe. Yeah. I yeah. believe that. Yeah. Um, I've also, you know, I'll tell you some of the issues I've had, which maybe you have an answer to or just an opinion on. Doubt it. But, um, I'll have an opinion for sure. There's things about those meetings that I, that I find sort of angering and repulsive, which is you'll go in there and you'll hear somebody speak and they'll go, this is a place of no judgment. We don't judge here. I've never been in a more judgmental room in my life. Really? I swear to God, it's high school. Oh, it's absolute judging. I don't, I don't feel that way. I absolutely do. Now, maybe it's my perspective yeah. is warped and fucked up because I've also got that brain issue, which I'm sure you have too. Right. And I'm sorry to lump my issues sure on you, but it. I'm sure we have the same things where we'll build something up that doesn't exist. Yeah. Like that person hates me. And then I'll think about it for days and days. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm convinced they hate me. This is fucked. This, our relationship is done. Yeah. And then that, that, they weren't thinking about me. No. What about the one, like, I'll think it's over. And, and social media plays a part. And I'll stop following them, say, on Twitter. And I'm like, well, obviously, they stopped following me. I mean, this is over. And then I, one day I look and they do and they have no idea we had a fight in I, my head. I have a love-hate relationship with all social media, and I don't like the fact that I'm too weak to unfollow people that I don't want to follow, and that I don't follow I do certain people. And and frankly, I, I go through little, I, I have these little bouts every now and then where I'm like, fuck this, I don't want to follow anybody, I want to be zero. I want to follow zero, and I'll start deleting people, and then I'll feel guilty, and now I've just deleted somebody, and I'm like, now I can't follow them back. And I've done, it, I've done it to my good friends. Yeah. I, like, I, I, I unfollowed, I went, I'm done with this, I'm off, it's gonna be my chrono zero, following zero. And I went through and I'm like, Joe Rogan, blah, 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 all these people I'm actually friends with. Right. And then I realized, now I can't go back to them and go, hey, I just blocked you and unfollowed you. Can you refollow me? I, I could so, never do that. So you didn't? No, no. It's just, you just live with the regret. And then I'm like, oh, now I'm following 10 people who I don't even know because <laughs> I'm guilty. And then I'll have somebody corner me on, you should follow me. Okay. And I'm like, why am I doing that? Right. I don't need it anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But it's, I take it personally, and then I'm insulted when other people take it personally. So it's a big hypocrisy. Uh, me too. I did have a girl. It's funny. I was thinking about this today. I had a girl who said to me, I, I, you know, right when Twitter started, I followed her. And she was just, she did that thing where she was trying too hard, and I hated it. And I know I hated it because it reminded me how, of how I tried too mm -hmm. hard at times. So I stopped following her. She wrote me an email and said, not, she didn't say, I'm, I'm upset you don't follow me. She said, no, she did say that. And then she said, I know the reason you don't follow me is that you're only interested in people who can help your career. It's just like, well, it's true that you cannot help my career, yeah. but this does not factor into. You know, that's a much lesser version of it. I'm sure you've witnessed this, but uh, I've, I've been with people who are celebrities and somebody comes up and they're like, oh my God, I, I worship you. I'm your biggest fan. And they're not nice to them. And then they go, fuck you, I hate you fucking oh, loser, yeah. you're a hack. And you're like, whoa, you right, just right, love right. that person. I could never right. imagine myself doing that to Lucinda Williams or somebody who I, <laughs> I love you. On, I've seen you 10 times, you're the greatest, and she's not nice. I'm like, you suck, bitch, well, see you later. It's interesting because it's like unbridled, you know, it's like the way we feel about these people we revere is that we have some fantasy that they're going to love us back. And mm -hmm. so it, it's I kind of had this you're ridiculous You're not supposed respect. to want to be your heroes. You're not I supposed know, to do it. I know, I know. I, um, well, the great Eminem song, I don't know if you liked Eminem, but Stan. I love that first album. 
it's not on the first album, but he has this the whole song about like his big, you know, this guy writes him letters and he's like, I'm your biggest fan. And then, and then he doesn't respond and the guy goes totally crazy and it's like, I'm going to hurt you. And then he ends up killing himself. It's a lot happens in this song. Stan, go download it later. Yeah, I, I will. I didn't want to like Eminem. I didn't want it. I didn't care about him one bit. And then all of a sudden, I found myself listening to the first record. I was like, "This is really good." He's amazing. Yeah, that he's was good. Like, that's a guy. If I met him and he was horrible to me, that would be hard. But you expect him to be horrible? No, he's you like don't? a sewer guy. Is he really? Yes. Oh, I had no idea. How long? You don't follow Eminem? No, like, but I, I might now. I might. Yeah, I don't know. He's wow. like he's super open. Oh, about good for it. him. Good for oh, him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. His last album. I think it was called Relapse, and then the next one's oh, called good, Recovery. Oh, good, good. Have you fallen off the wagon? I did. My I, I came in, and I, I got six and a half months, and then I realized that I came to the realization that alcoholism and addiction were separate issues, and that I was an addict, and that these people were all crazy, and I went out and had a drink, but I followed that glass of wine with, like, two bottles of wine and four and a half bits of ecstasy, and so then I realized that I had Jeez. a problem. It was a big night, and then I came back the next day. I uh, I think about drinking all the time, but I, I don't you think do? I'm gonna do it. Yeah, sometimes I'm in, you know I'm at a show and I'm looking at I'm in line to get some water and I'm like God that martini I, I fantasize about it going down like I fantasize like dream like I can taste it I can feel the buzz and but you don't remember immediately the horror of the end. Here's what I let me tell you I never got a DUI and I drank and drove every fucking day mm-hmm. for at least 14 years mm-hmm. every day and I drink for free. Mm-hmm. I drink for free at the club, at mm-hmm. the improvs. I drink for free most places I go, mm-hmm. most places I'm working. And uh, that, I, I don't, I remember, wait, I remember the misery every single night driving home. I remember all the regrets. I think that's the biggest thing that kept me from drinking again was like a friend of mine, you know, how when you first get sober, your friends come out of the woodwork that are sober. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was like, People I would talk, you know, I was like, oh, I heard you're not drinking. It was like all these people. Oh, really? It was great. I didn't have it was great support. Right. Well, but I'm also around like a lot of comics and yeah. stuff that, you know, and then there's other other people. And you drank longer, maybe. So I drank for a long time. And so maybe time. there were people who were like, I wonder if that guy's ever going to quit drinking. I drank day and night for the last 14 years. Wow. You didn't do drugs? Did coke a little, not a lot. Uh-huh. And uh, it makes me just feel like I'm dumb. Because Coke is like root beer floats for me, where I do it, I'm like, this is the greatest thing of all time, I'm never going to stop doing this. In fact, I've devised ways to keep myself from doing Coke when I'm doing it, and I can't stop. What are those ways? Well, I was doing Coke one night, someone gave me an eight ball, and uh, I was like, I can do Coke. This yeah. Like Ten years ago, I'm like, I can do Coke, this is no problem. Yeah. I'm an adult. Yeah. And, mm, couldn't stop. Oh, yeah. Couldn't stop till yeah. it was gone. It was gone like 15 hours later, and I couldn't stop. You did an eight ball in 15, min- in 15 hours? Probably between 8 o'clock at night and 6 in the morning oh and I couldn't God. stop and then I started getting frantic and I started thinking of people I know that can get coke and I gotta call them right now and tell them here's the deal I have a problem so you <laughs> need to minimize you can only sell me this much, yeah, yeah, this yeah. much. and then I developed this safe in my head yeah. like an actual safe that I fill with cocaine uh-huh. and it will only give me a certain amount every day and that worked? No, I never did it. Never oh. mentioned in my head. That's my coke fantasy. Like I'm gonna build a safe that I can't break into. I exactly. only have access to deposit cocaine into it, and then it'll give me a small day and that'll keep me. That That's actually a, a genius idea for an addict. No, because you'll just go somewhere else. Well, I'll tell you. I had a safe. I had a virtual safe, which is that I had a friend uh, when I was doing a lot of coke who didn't lock her door, and she lived ten minutes from me, and so I would say, "Can I keep it at your house?" 
and I wouldn't want to ever drive. Would you be embarrassed? No, because I'd do it if I had it oh, at home. Oh, oh but that's what I mean. You would, you'd be embarrassed to go over there and get it? No, she wasn't home. But I could go mm-hmm. over there at any time. She didn't lock her door. Yeah, she's, she's crazy. The worst part about this story is that uh, she had gotten sober uh, a year before me because I was part and of... And then she was holding your phone? And then I was part of an intervention that forced her to get sober. Oh, no. No, I was sick. I was wow. sick. And then she ultimately said to me, look, I know, you know, I never did coke and that's not my thing, but since I'm sober... <laughs> wow. Can wow. you not do this anymore? That's great. Um, but, but I think of coke as like, honest to God, I mean this sincerely. It's not, it's not a bit or anything, but... Every time I have a root beer float, I'm like, what the f- This is so goddamn good. Um, how come I don't get this every day? That's I just forgot. Yeah. I forgot about cocaine for like five years. Just right. forgot. Right, right, right. It was the best time of my life for like a month. And yeah. then I just forgot for like five years and then did it again and then forgot for another eight years. That's insanely amazing. But root beer floats are the same thing. Like right. I have a root beer float and I'm like, this is the best taste I've ever had. And I'm going to get this every goddamn day and the next day it's gone. You're, that's very non-addicty. Mm. You know? So, okay. So you were drinking... For 15 years, day and night. Well, I, probably since I turned 21, day right. every night. You didn't no drink before what. 21. Oh yeah, okay. yeah. But once I once I could go by, I, I drank. I drank. I didn't drink. I wasn't a drunk that was. I had a lot of bouts of being the worst person in the room. Like, I mean, hey, I have something, yeah. you know. But it was under control because I had to work. But I would, I could work on two martinis, right, and still get my job done and stuff. And then I would throw back three or four shots before I left and drive home to Orange yeah. County where I lived at the time. Right. And I did that every day. And I and I and and then, you know, the last couple of years I was keeping a bottle of Fiji water in my trunk that was vodka and I drink it right in front of cops. Like I get get and it wasn't I wasn't like a fall down drunk. It's just right. I couldn't be with if it wasn't there, I would freak out. Right. And it wasn't I wasn't drunk all the time. I could I could work in it and everything. Yeah. But I my, the highlight of every day was when can I get a drink? When can I relax? When can I do this? When can I do that? And frankly one of those people that I was mentioning before said, let me just ask you this. Do you have more regrets or less regrets when you're drinking? And it was always regrets. Yeah. Always. Everything I did was a regret. Every conversation, every stupid argument I had when I was ill-informed about something. I have no business talking politics with people and I'm getting into debates. I know nothing. Right. I know nothing about Paul. I know nothing. Right. Zero. Nothing. But at least and I'd be like, oh, I'll tell you another thing. And I'm, I'm screaming and yelling with a group of people <laughs> about some... It's, it's total bullshit. Complete fucking fraud. Right. And... and and just everything, like shit I would say to my friends, like I, hundreds of times in the past 10 years I drove home going, what did I say to Sarah Silverman? Right. I'm like, what the fuck was that? That I was like black, I'll tell you something, you know, like, I'm just a fucking, I'm a, I'm a moron, and when I drink, it comes out more. At least when I'm sober, I can sort of sometimes hide it and pretend like I'm cool, which is never going to be the case. What's, and I'm fine with that. You're cool. What no, are you talking no, about? Not cool. Never gonna be cool. Nervous. Cool is a made-up idea. No, cool like popular. Is, cool is being comfortable with your in your own skin. People that are comfortable. People that will go out and genuinely in their heart not care. And yeah. I don't. I don't mean not care. Like I'm fuck you, everybody. I don't mean that at all. I'm sorry for swearing so much, by the way. I, I could care less. Um, you care a little bit though, right? No, I don't. I swear. I sometimes try not to swear on this because. If I have control over it, yeah, why not? I'm trying not to as well. It just sounds so, so juvenile. Just I went to a life coach once, and he told me if I stopped judging, swearing, and complaining, my life would exponentially improve. Did you do it? I quit swearing. But you didn't do the other stuff. But yeah, how am I going to quit judging? You know what? You just brought up the biggest problem that we have, what? which is as humans, we all want to be better. We all want to be content. We all want to be confident. We all want to be happy. We all we want all this stuff, but we're really not willing. I don't mean this in a chastising way, because I'm king example here. Oh, sitting over here. 
you walk into a bookstore, there's thousands of self-help books. Mm -hmm. I'm sure the information in those books can genuinely help you. I'm mm -hmm. sure it can. Mm -hmm. I'm positive, but no one really does it just like that. Right. Right. Like if right. somebody tells you, someone who told me once, stop eating sugar, and my doctor actually, and he's <laughs> like, you need to stop eating sugar. You're going to die. You're going to have a stroke because you are, when I quit drinking, it was, yeah. I'm going to jam every goddamn sweet thing in my mouth. Yeah. I'm going to have milkshakes more times. And I did. That's all I ate was sugar and candy and sweets all day, every day. Right. And, uh, when I actually took his words to heart and stopped eating sugar. Granted, it lasted one month. I was going to say, it was the best. so easy. It was two weeks of hell and then two weeks of, I can't believe this. I don't need naps in the day. I'm full of energy. My, my thought pattern is clearly better. I'm sleeping at night. It was um, it was incredible and I didn't want it. And then Thanksgiving rolled around. I'm like, oh, I'll have a piece of pie. And then I had three pieces of pie. And then I got a giant piece of pie to go for a drive home from Arizona. Right. And I'm like, okay, I'm fucked now. Because now I have to stop at Denny's and get coffee and a milkshake because I need to drive home. Well, I, th this is the thing. I don't think I could do that. And I do have a friend who quit sugar, and she was as depressed as I've ever seen anyone. Uh, so I, I don't think I could handle that. Well, here's either. a different example then. We know, maybe we don't, but I I was told and looked into and started to meditate. Uh, yeah, I do it twice a day. There's no doubt in my mind that was helping my day. I haven't done it for a month and a half. Now, I know that's going to help, but I don't fucking do it. 10, or 10 20 minutes? I don't have 10 or 20 minutes. I spend an hour staring at the computer in the morning drinking coffee, just like, mm, what's, and getting angry. Right. Like, my friends are idiots. Look at my friends posted. I hang out with fools. Right. I don't know. It's funny. I was thinking about this morning. I have been Not meditating. you, by the way, if you're listening to this, friends. Yes, friends. You guys are Get all your friends to listen. I love I'm it, especially to. if they're super powerful and famous and can retweet it. That's all I ask. <laughs> um, but, you know, I was thinking about this today because I, I meditate twice a day, yeah. 20 minutes at a pop, learned 10 years ago. I have no idea how that, how I committed to it. Mm -hmm. um, but I think this, I, this is, just, I'm just making this about me. I'm super disciplined, but I have no willpower, which is a weird combination. Because like... It ties into what I said earlier. Like if we could take to heart somebody's information. Yeah. You need to, you know, you need to stop swearing. You need to stop judging. And, and, and if you actually went, okay, I'm going to do that. But you didn't. So you don't know if it works. I quit swearing for like a couple months. But you didn't months. do the other two things. And I'm not, I'm not yeah. judging you for that because I'm right. infinitely worse. I'm a hypocrite. I'm a colossal hypocrite. Like I have great advice for people. Right. Sometimes in my head, don't take it myself. Well, the thing is, I believe there are some things that are possible and some things that are impossible. I don't think it's possible to stop judging. I, for me, I don't think it's possible to stop stop sugar. Do you, uh, do you feel like you have, uh, inner peace? At times. At times. Do you feel content sometimes? I think I feel content a lot of the time. Do you feel like you're, if you, I'm not, I'm just asking this question yeah. for my own sake, by the way. Yeah. Do you feel like you have a goal, like once I achieve this, then I'll be happy? Because that's, I have that and I know that's not correct, but I have that still. Yes, I have that and I hate that I have that. Yeah. Um, what is Because then you compare yourself to other people, and there's no way to compare yourself to other people. Because you're not in their brain. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't even matter. Yeah. Because and because life's not fair. Yeah. Some people are just happy, right. and they're going to be successful, and they're going to and they're not talented, and they're not funny, and they're not good, and they're not this, and they're not that, right. and they're still going to achieve great levels of success, and they're going to be content, and we are not. Okay, speak for yourself. But I'm no, I'm I'm making assumptions based on our AA right. connection. But. Yeah. I will say that that is a learned thing, that recovery has taught me how to, you know, do contrary actions so that I am not that way. And I truly believe that when 
we do those things, we are actually happier than people who are just naturally have like great serotonin running through their bodies. Really? I believe that. I do. Um, for me, it's hard to tell when I'm genuinely happy and like, you know, uh, spiritually centered and when I'm secretly getting high off of something that I'm not telling myself I'm getting high mm -hmm. off of. Do you know what I mean? Do you think it matters? I do. Do you, do you think you could resign to going, I'm a narcissist and this is what I feed off of and, and be content that way? No. Because you know what? I'm intrigued and I'm enthralled. And I, I'm drawn towards like washed up celebrities. Like I like them. Yeah. And I like listening to them talk about themselves for hours and hours and hours. Right. And I find that entertaining. I love listening to Burt Reynolds talk. I love... I, you must I, have loved VH1 during all those years. Didn't really watch it. Oh, but okay. I know that... Would have been amazing. But I, lo I like those people for some reason. But when, I, when those traits are in a younger person, I'm like repulsed by it. Yeah, I sort of think, offended in a weird way. But but I think that the reason that that narcissism or getting high off of people, places, and things, the problem with that, it would be amazing. But uh, it stops it stops being consistent. So then, when you're not getting that, you're horribly like you're in detox. Basically. More than being consistent, I think it lacks in depth. Because I think if somebody I, who truly loves you tells you they love you, yeah, I think you know that's gonna that's. That's true, and that's going to carry. That's that's yeah. deep. And then if some somebody walking down the street goes, Anna David, I love you. Yeah. You know that's the minute they walk over to the coffee shop, and you go to Seven Eleven, it's that's done. You know right, what I mean? right. I don't care about the depth. I only if it, if, <laughs> <laughs> if it could be consistent. You're when you're eighty, you're going to go. Oh no, I want the depth. No, of course. I mean, I do. I'm sort of kidding, but okay. What is the thing that you say to yourself? I'll be happy when. It, it, being comfortable, and I don't even mean confident necessarily, because I'm uncomfortable in myself. Like right now, I'm uncomfortable that you're looking at me. It's oh, not, I don't not, have not, to. Not, not, no, no, but not not completely. But I'm like, right. I don't, I don't, I don't like people looking at looking you. at. Right. I, I don't mean that came off harsh. No, I no, I don't care. It's no, it's, I, I, like, I don't know. Like I'm uncomfortable how I'm sitting. I'm, I'm uncomfortable. But it's funny that you would. Feel I'm uncomfortable that way. walking down the street if I feel like somebody's looking at me. I feel yeah. like I walk weird, yeah, and it's yeah, not. Yeah. And now maybe I, that I is a, like a that. crazy narcissism. Like everyone's looking at me. Everyone's right. judging every word I say. But but part of me can let go of that at times and just go, okay, I'm misspoke. I mis misspeak a lot. I use terrible grammar, and sometimes I'm like, this is it. Yeah. I can't, what am I going to do? Pretend like I'm something else? Yeah. I, I know where my limitations are to an extent, and I know some things I'm smart about and some things I'm incredibly dumb about. But also, do you, do you re remember most of the time that your perspective about yourself and everything is off? Just because of the way you're I don't, works? but I need to, I, I'd, yeah. like to, I'd like to keep that in mind, like in the back of my thoughts. I'd like to always be, think, don't, don't, this isn't serious. You know what, realistically, I would like to think, I would, I genuinely, my heart believe everything's a bunch of bullshit. This is all a bunch of fucking bullshit. Life? Everything. Mm -hmm. This is all a bunch of shit. This whole business, this whole town, mm -hmm. this whole country, this whole world, everything. It's just a bunch of people trying to get by. Yeah. And then we're putting weight on things that aren't that important. Yeah. And it's causing us stress that's literally killing us. Right. Over nothing. Yeah. Over fucking nothing. I've seen people have breakdowns because yeah. their TV show got canceled. And you're like, in, in reality... You had a TV show. You should yeah. be jumping up and down, and right. you have the money still. Right. You got canceled, so now your life is fucked. Right. When there's ten thousand people that are barely getting by at their shit cubicle job, and they're miserable, and their stupid asshole boss is harassing them, and they have to deal with that every day just to pay rent, and your well, like and it brought you to tears that your TV show got canceled, and you're gonna get another one, and it, but. I get both sides of it. Yeah. I get it. And I'm that guy too. I'm like, eh, hey, everything sucked for me. My car broke down. Right. I can go buy another car. Right. 
Some people can't. Right, right, and, right. But I, all I think about is my life fucking blows. I'm in, it's a beautiful sunny day and my air conditioning broke and I have to go get it fixed for $1,200 and this right. is bullshit and life sucks and I'm, why am I cursed? And that was just a dumb example I made up. But you, you know. No, it's, that's realistic. But I, I mean, mean, but the other thing is when we cry, oh, and I'm as guilty of it as anyone, when we cry over losing these things, did they even really make us happy anyway? Like that's mm. part of the lie is that, you know, if I just get this, I'm gonna be happy. I've had this all conversation about happiness a lot, yeah. and we've whittled it down. We've people have told me, yeah. But uh, to work, relationships, and social, yeah. And and uh, I do think the work one is the biggest one because I find myself getting worse and worse the less I do. Like I I have no schedule. Right. I, I can sleep in. I have work to do, but I have, I don't really have a boss. Right. And. And it's brutal because I'm not very good motive, motive I'm not self-motivated very well. And yeah. It's it's horrible. It's horrifying. And when you were saying working at home. Yeah. Earlier, I relate to that because I I have an office down here, and I dragged all my shit home one time when I had the flu, and I had to finish a commercial that I shot, and I had to edit it. I had the flu, and I couldn't sit in my office, and I was just miserable. And I dragged everything home, and I never went back. Right. I still have it. Right. I never went back. And for the first six months, I was like, this is the greatest thing of all time. I can get up and work when I want, and there's my bed. And then one day it became, there's where I'm working, and there's my bed. Yeah. Like right there is where I work. Yeah. And then five feet over here is my bed, and this is miserable. Yeah. And then people are like, why don't you move everything downstairs? I'm like, nope, not doing that. I want every, my entire life is in my bedroom, and everything else is nothing. Wait, so is that how it is now? No, now, yeah. Yeah. It's in your bedroom. But no, it's in my living room now because I moved up here. Right, right. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's funny because everybody dreams of being able to work at home. Yeah. And then... If you had kids, I could see doing it. Yeah. The people who have kids that are friends of mine are the ones who complain the most about working at home and talk the most about having offices. I'll tell you, I don't have an answer to this, but I do think I do enjoy now going, driving over and going to my office, yeah. even though I'm doing it mostly for social reasons. I stand around and talk to people until they kick me out. Right. Because <laughs> sometimes I won't shut up and I'll just sit there, and this happened, and then we're going to do this, and then uh, you guys should do this. And, and then I realize hey, they're trying to work, and I'm just standing in the doorway. But I will say that, I mean, I'm a workaholic, and working at home was inc- is incredibly efficient for workaholism. And I thought... I don't, because I used to have like staff writing jobs at magazines and all, I was writing. So why did I have to be around these people? And I yeah. just thought it was a waste of time. But but I think that it's good for the state of mind. The separation. Well, and to get dressed. Yes. Sometimes even shower. I agree. Drive somewhere, you know? I totally get that one because there's times where I really, it's, it's noon and I'm sitting in front of my computer. I'm like, yeah. I haven't showered. Yeah. I'm like, I'm just sitting here like... Working on photographs yeah. for five hours. It's um, weird. Wow. Well, um, See, I was, right now I was, I was just struck with I'm not being very entertaining. And it's, uh, now that's going to uh, set on my mind for like 30 seconds. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I know that feeling. And it's funny because I've done Dr. Drew's podcast a mm-hmm. couple times. And I remember the last time being like, that was so bad, wasn't it? And he just looks at me like, no. I, that's, I mean, I'm sober a while, but that's getting a lot better. Good, good. It How really, long are you sober? Uh, I'll be 14 in wow, November. Wow, congrats. That's great. That's but, great. But it's been slow going in terms of turning down that voice. And I swear to God, it does turn down. And it's not like I specifically worked on it. It just... So going to these meetings, how many meetings do you go to a week? Um, I, you know, it depends. Not that many. You know, two or three. Yeah. Do you, uh, is it something you feel you have to do? Or is it something you just look forward to doing? Or is it something to maintain? 
or, or some combination of all of those things. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, do you still have the same feeling going to the meetings now that you did 10 years ago or 14 years ago? Um, I don't know. I think at first it, they were such a revelation because yeah. everything seemed like the most brilliant thing I'd ever heard. Yeah. Um, yeah. I do you feel a, now you've heard everything? No, not at all. Not at all. But I, but I do have a very hard time sitting still. Yeah. Like my ADD or whatever it is has gotten more pronounced with every passing year. So I, I, I knit. I mean, I needlepoint because I cannot get myself to sit there. And I also will just be on my phone mm-hmm. otherwise. What are you doing on the phone? Looking at things I don't need to look at. <laughs> Checking to see if anybody. This makes me feel comfortable, me. by the way, because I don't look at my phone, and when I do pull it out, I feel guilty and I feel weird. Of course. Well, and also, I think everyone's judging me, and yeah. you know, and with the needlepoint, I'm positive people are thinking she's so annoying. Like, can't she put that thing down? It's distracting. And hey, it's usually, not as bad as that dude that harmonizes with Happy Birthday every time. Uh, <laughs> Nothing's that bad. That's true. That's true. There was a guy who you <laughs> can't even. This is getting way too. You're like that was me, asshole. No, no, please, no. But there was a guy who, at the end of the birthday things, would then go sober. It was so mm-hmm. crazy annoying. Hey, can I ask you this? Yeah. This is uh. These are little piddly things. So probably don't mean anything. What is with? I'm I'm being serious. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not trying to put down. I don't I don't understand what the point of it is when people. You know how people have talked a lot in the mm-hmm. meetings, like someone will go, I'm Charles, and they're like, Charles! And you're like, what is that? That's a great question. But I mean, is that something that's part of the meeting? Because I've noticed that, and I'm like, you just said his name. He didn't like go, hi, Charles, or you just said it. Wait. Like, there's people that just, someone will go, uh, is anyone new? Charles, you know, right. from St. Paul, and right. someone will go, Charles. And, and a lot of people do that. I'm like, what is that some kind well, of no, thing? Repeating the name is a well-established thing. Okay. That's like a thing. But, That's a, but I wondered what that was. Like, I know, it doesn't Because it seems question. kind of cultish. I know. I know. I wonder like if they like did more that of us. in the old days. Or if that's like a I would weird like to go thing. back and go to a meeting like 40 years ago and just see what the difference was. <laughs> that would be fascinating. I bet it would be a, a lot less sensitive. I bet it would be entirely different. It would be completely humorless. Yeah. And yeah. and also, you know, it was for low bottoms then. Yeah. You yeah. know, so everybody would be telling tales of like, you know, near death. I would think. Yeah. Um, okay, wait, but hold on. You've been doing such a good job of distracting me um, from my interview responsibilities. No, that's good. That's good. Um, but okay, so. I wanted to go back a, t- a little bit. So, like, like where you come from. I mean, I've read some and I've heard you talk about some. Are you cool with talking about I can talk about anything you want. Okay. So, where the hell are you from? Uh, where am I from? Yeah. From Arizona. From Arizona. Yeah, and then we moved to San Diego and then uh, eventually made my way up Orange And County so, your parents got divorced. Got divorced when I was seven. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then there was moving around, including this. Moving around a little bit. My mom is, in, my mom is crazy, and I don't mean, like, like people say, my mom's crazy about it. My mentally mom Ill. is me- very mentally ill. Yeah. yeah. And so she did a lot of weird stuff with us. Made us move into a cult when we were kids. And we lived in one room for two years. In and I'm not downplaying it. It right. was a fucking cult. And she just packed us up. And then she made us move in somewhere else. Put us in a potentially dangerous situation. That, right. That it's it's a lot of manipulation. It's either we, we're still at this point, four adult children, trying to determine whether or not it's all manipulation or if it really is mental Ill- illness and she doesn't know what she's doing and I think we've all concluded it's it's manipulation it's 
but isn't that a form of mental illness? To yes, that but when you're mind? aware of it, when you're consciously making decisions to hurt other people and to and to make them feel a certain way and play games with them, it's different than you don't know what you're doing and you're just crazy. I wonder. I mean, isn't it when you don't have control over it? Isn't that where the line is sort of drawn? You could be right, but then again, well, yes, you're, you're correct. But I, but we believe she probably has control over it. Okay. She's doing it to be manipulative, yeah. because and and it's being older and recognizing it. Of course, you can track why you have your issues and right. why I'm like this and why I can't do this and why I have problems in this kind of relationship or that kind of relationship. Right. Of course, you track of a big, big fucking whoop. Right. But, you know, realistically, I don't want to be the guy that's just going, my mom did this. Oh, this happened, that happened. I want to fix it. And yeah. I don't want to be that person. Yeah. Because uh, you just get tired eventually. Yeah, and you don't get anywhere with it. You, you just get nowhere. Stay and, and we try to get along, and, and it doesn't work most of the time. You know, it's almost always a fight every time we see her, and it kind of breaks my heart. And, and it's if she's trying to hurt us, she's winning. Right. Because I see her very infrequently. I, I go to San Diego every Sunday to see my family, my niece and my nephews, and have dinner with my family every Sunday. And it's always a little rough because my dad's old, and he's right. Maybe doesn't want us there now anymore. Oh, so it's, is it your dad and then your siblings? Yeah, well, we go to my dad's house mm -hmm. in San Diego, and we all have dinner, and then... But we, not your mom? No, but she lives two blocks away. Mm -hmm. And I'll visit her like every other week or every three weeks, and it's a five-minute visit max because I can't take it anymore. And it does hurt me, and it does suck, and I don't want to... Right. Oh, we virtually have no relationship. There's no communication and stuff, but it's, uh, you know, I leave there and I'm depressed driving home sometimes because yeah. of her... Just, it's always a fight. Always, yeah. always a fight within a few minutes. And I'm too old for that. And I don't, you know, I'm trying to like let it go and just be like, she can say what she wants, but then you always revert back to snapping and being an what asshole. What if, I mean, because I, I have a mentally ill dad, so I deal with this. Um, and I know exactly what you mean, but you know, the I've heard you talk about your dad. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. And making you go to that camp. Or was it a camp? Or a <laughs> What did he do? He's done so many things. Did I talk about him making me go to a camp? Um, that's possible. Yeah. Um, he... Where they put the blame on you for something? Oh, he liked to laugh at me when I cried. That was his big thing. Um, and try to get the entire family to do it. He Along with people. I don't know. Sorry. But he did it. I was just home last weekend, and he did it again. Um, like, laughed at something super sad that we were talking about about me. And I was just like, wow. Home is where? Uh, Marin County, North. Okay. Um, but... Did it, did it end in a blowout, or did it end no. in you just being just... Sad. Well, there's a there's satisfied with the visit. Um, I have uh, I didn't think I was sad because the visit because I love my mom and we had a great time. They're still married. They're still married. It's the craziest situation ever. They're divorced. My mom was happily married for years and years. My stepdad died, and now they live together as friends. My parents. For financial reasons or because? Yeah, it's, it's part of it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's really weird. See, I can't comprehend that. I, and more importantly than that, I can't comprehend the idea of... I don't know why this sticks in my mind so much. Eric Clapton and George, uh, George Harrison both were married to the same woman. Like, one of them... Oh, right. She cheated on one of them with the other one and then married them, and then the other one came to the first one's wedding. Like, right. I can't comprehend that kind of open-mindedness. Well, I, like, I can't even fathom, like, my wife slept with you. Right. But we're such good friends, I will be at your wedding to my <laughs> wife. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I can't even, I don't even get, like, my brain isn't, is not smart enough to 
right. accept that idea. Well, th- I feel like with a lot of those guys, those rocker guys, that like certain women, like not Marion Faithful, but I read the Keith Richards biography, mm-hmm. and like there was definitely someone he was married to that somebody oh, yeah. else was married to, and they were all cool. Yeah. yeah. So you know weird. What, you know what I concluded that must be? I just concluded that right this moment. Is that is such a level of narcissism? It really is all about you and your immediate needs and wants. But like that you, you really don't, don't have care. an emotional. Right. You're not invested, right? I guess. Wouldn't that be great? Yes. Yes. <laughs> to just be like, well, fine. They got they got someone new. I got someone new too. Yeah. You know. It's easy to not be heartbroken when you've got like 500 more girls waiting there for you. It's so true. It's so true. Which does show that it's narcissism. It's yeah. You know. But yeah, no. It, it's. Or maybe it's just self confidence. No, no. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that, that like kind of going back to what we were saying before, like these people who are able to sort of enjoy fame and then these people who are destroyed by it. Yeah. It's interesting. And I do believe, you know, fame sort of freezes you emotionally at whatever age you become famous, just the way alcoholism mm-hmm. does. And so if you got both. Yeah. You're fucked a I can't bit. imagine being more, uh, anything being more devastated devastating to a young person than being extremely famous when you're young and then never being able to recapture that as you grow old. Yeah. Now, yeah. I do know some adjusted people that were child stars and they're great now, yeah. but but I think they're far, they're, they're not common because yeah. imagine that, imagine everybody looks at you with adoration and yeah. they love you and all this attention, not even the money issue because you probably don't see that when you're right. a kid. And then you're 40, right? And now you're working in a mailroom or something. And I don't mean to. De- I'm not demeaning people. Everyone, you know, it's. But that's got to be always. Horrible. Like, what happened to me? I know. Like, why am I? I know people like that. So do I. You know. We might know the same person, but I'm thinking. I'm thinking about, I wish I would miss that mailroom. Yeah. Oh no, the person I know okay. doesn't work in a mailroom. But I'm, I'm going to ask you off air who it was. Um, but yeah, I know people like that, and uh, it's it's. It's unfortunate because, especially if there are alcoholics, where you kind of just assume that, you know, at first, I don't know about you, but like when I entered the working world, I assumed that, that everyone was like, it was going to be open arms, just like, we're so glad you're here. Mm-hmm. Thank God you're here. And instead, it was, you're really lucky to be making $16,000 <laughs> a year doing something you hate, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was shocked for about 10 years. I was shocked by yeah. that information. You know what would help people if they could understand that are in that same sex circumstance that you were just, just mentioned is that different places are very different. Because I've worked in very different places and some were miserable and some were great and they were the same business. Right. And you can sometimes just change your surroundings and it really, really, really helps. Because I know people that are brought to tears by their job. Yeah. And, and I kind of know now because of my age and stuff that oh that can be changed dramatically yeah I've worked on TV shows that were walking on HL's the, the most miserable tense experience when they got the host of the show was around Dennis Miller and then I went to another show called Mr. Show and it was like vacation right it was like oh my god this is fun we're all having fun everyone here is having fun and we yeah. all want to be here and I would do this for free I compared know. to oh my god Dennis is here freak out like oh my god you know he had me on his show once and he was such an asshole to me like, oh, I, th- I think not on air. And I think when I listened to it, he mocked me afterwards. And it's just like, are you kidding me? He might be the most miserable person I've ever known. Yeah. Might be. Yeah. He, I, have, I have a love-hate relationship. Uh, Grant, we're not friends. Right. And I was with him for four years. But, and I'm partially willing for that. I'll give you that. But he was the most honest person I knew. But he took that honesty so far that it was insulting and cruel to most people. Yeah. And he was very good to me. And, but he was cruel to everyone around him and I can pretty much 
promise you. I don't want to make this a rant against him. Yeah. He was good to me. Yeah. But uh, he's got no friends. Guarantee yeah. it. Guarantee yeah. it. You'll but never meet. You'll never meet a human being that goes on friends with him. Well, but if you're famous, don't people anyway pretend they are? And they'll sort of be act he's as a different. He's a different guy. Granted, might be my favorite comedian. Honest to God. Really? When I saw Dennis, I had worked at the Improv for seven years, and I was burned out, done with comedy, done with watching stand-up every single... I was a manager of an Improv. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I'm done with this. I'm here seven nights a week. I have to... The entire club was sort of my responsibility, so I came in all the time, day and night, every single day. And I, I was obsessed with it. I loved it. It was like my little Disneyland. But uh, I went to see Dennis Miller against my will one night, and I was like, that's why I work here, for that. Wow. You know, that's why I'm here, because for people like him and right. it totally changed everything wow yeah I mean I've never heard him do comedy really he's great okay he's sure. great he kind of took a turn to be super right wing guy a few he years sure ago did. but before before that he was really really great like we shot a couple of HBO specials that I think are, are very artistic as far as right you know I think it's art what he did Black yeah and, white and some other stuff but Again, he's a miserable human being, and everyone around him is going to be miserable. And there's no exceptions. Yeah. There's not an exception. There is no one you will meet who has been around him that likes him. Yeah. Nobody. Zero. Not one. Yeah. God damn, I wish I wouldn't have said that. See, right there's a regret. Yeah. It's funny, because I'm sitting here, it's funny, I'm sitting here thinking, oh, I should say this thing about how, what it's like. Don't bury yourself in a hole like I do. Well, no, I mean, nobody who's going to hear it, and if they did, I wouldn't care. I mean, the person it's about wouldn't care, but I'm I'm in the process of about on my eighth step, so... Um, Which one is the eighth step? The eighth is when you're making a list of people that you need to make amends to, and sometimes... Wait, the, 14 years in, you're just to the eighth step? Oh, it's like my... You don't even want to know okay, what time... because you just gave me... A, you made me feel comfortable with the fact that I haven't even started the steps, and I just sit there and stare at them every Sunday. Really? I mean, I didn't start them because I'm good. I started them because... You needed to? Yeah, because I I was told to. It turns out I'm kind of a rule follower. Turns out. And and I... Except for you didn't follow those three directions like I gave you. What were the three directions? Judging. Yeah. But that wasn't a rule. That wasn't like in order to stay alive. You should do well, these he, things. Well, it was a guideline, which sort of falls into the rule bracket for you it being was, happy, well, which it, just seems pretty important on a list of important things, right? It is very important. If maybe if you had it on a banner and hung it on the wall. Okay, I'll print you a banner. I have yeah. a giant printer. If that was right here, where where the foam should be, that'd be pretty awesome. I have that thing. Oh my God, where did it go? Oh, that that thing, the Nelson Mandela. Uh, you know, our, our greatest fear is not that we are inadequate thing. Yeah, you've read that, right? No, but... um. Oh, it's amazing. It is our light, not our darkness, that frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous? That's a great example of what I was talking about earlier that to me is one of the biggest quests is how can I take that information right there and actually let's get through my thick skull and actually apply it. By reading it all the time. Do you think? I don't know. I, I, I put it there, but I never read it. So Haven't you had moments where you heard something that was a revelation, that yeah. really was inspired, and you went, my life is different now, and then five minutes later, it's gone? Yes, but I've also had those things that I've heard, most of them in early sobriety, that I thought were revelatory. Sometimes I wrote them down, and they have changed my life, you know, because I don't remember them all the time. Did you ever think about getting it tattooed on you? No. Because I, I have a problem saying no. <laughs> like, I... I'd probably say 70% of the work I do is free because people, can you come and help out on this? Can you help on this? Yeah, no problem. And I do it because right. I cannot say no regardless. Right. And I, New Year's Eve, two years ago, I went, I'm getting no tattoo. I don't want a tattoo, by the way. 
But right. I thought, I have to get no tattooed, and I have to look at it all the time right. to say no to people. Oh, wow. And then a friend goes, everyone's going to ask you why you have on tattooed on your arm, so I didn't do it. But I, I don't, I don't want to do it. But yeah. I, I need that thrill. I need that. I, I'm dumb. Well, I need that thrill I, first in my of all, head. you are not dumb. No, but in, in certain, like you're sometimes. Not. You're not. I don't buy that. I think the, the nomenclature is wrong. Because okay. I think I don't even know what nomenclature means. No, but I I don't even know if that right. was the right word. The semantics. Um, this is wrong. great. This uh. is this is the best part of the conversation. <laughs> We're both evading each other's words. <laughs> but like, I just think that I just think that it's a form of self sabotage, and we all have it. Yeah. And so, you, possibly your form is that you know these. It's my form too. Knowing these things and and continuing to do them is far more painful than not knowing them at all. I think. Probably. Do you do, you do self-sabotage? Yeah. Like yeah, what? Yeah, yeah. Give me an example. Well, it's funny because I was just talking to this about this with my sponsee last night, and I said it to her, and I, I, what, I hope it's true. I said, you know, we like telling ourselves these stories. You know, the first step is we tell ourselves these stories, and we're miserable, and we have no idea we're telling ourselves these stories. The next thing is we come into awareness about it, and it's incredibly painful. The next thing is that it becomes a dull voice, and reacting to it is sort of like moving a phantom limb. You know, I'm sad by the thought, but I know. Can you give me an example? Like a. Like oh yeah. A... Okay, we were talking about dating, and she. Yeah, I, she doesn't listen. Um, no, I'm not going to use right her now, as an example. I mean, I'm, I'm, not, listen. I'm not going to use her as an example. People, women, when they're talking about dating, will oftentimes, if they, this is not her at all, if they haven't heard from the guy they will make up a huge story about how you know he's repulsed by me he can't believe he ever dated me when the truth is the guy's busy and just mm-hmm. hasn't had a chance to respond and so the the example would mean you know that then then it's like moving a phantom limb it's like oh i know this isn't true i'm still sort of reacting like it's true and then it's like what I was saying about not beating myself up when i do tv or whatever now mm-hmm. then it becomes the voice goes away Wow. That's what I think. It's very slow. Is that your uh, biggest? Is that your biggest concern right now, dating? We're not talking about me. I'm just curious. Um, I'm curious what goes on in your head and stuff. Oh yeah. Um, I would say. I like, mean, when was the last time you were in a long-term relationship, or uh, just a, a relationship that was actually a, a relationship? Um, it depends on what you count. What makes you so certain I'm not in one now? When was the last time you had a boyfriend? Um. I'm totally jumping to conclusions. Yes, I'm seriously. Just, I'm curious. Um, I'm, I'm really curious. Um, not since I've lived back in LA, which is three years. And do you think it's because you're not settling for somebody, or because you um, haven't met somebody that you're compatible with, or? I think a, for a very long time I was just not interested in it, and I and I do think I had a not even conscious thing that I wanted to be completely financially independent, so that I would never be. I was, financially I'm kind of curious if you and I have the same fear of commitment. I, because I, I'm terrified of commitment. If and I'm, I'm, I'm being But you've been very in long, very long-term relationships. I. It's because I'm a, a puss and gutless. It's what? It's because I'm gutless. That's why you've been. I promise you, my last relationship, I knew it wasn't right from day one, and I stayed there for seven years, and it, I finally backed her into a corner where she had to break up with me. Right. By being an asshole. Right. Not. not I've heard of people doing that. But I was just, it, we didn't, we had no relationship. I saw her once a week for a little while and then right. I would drive home and it was just no conversation, nothing. And, uh, right. And, and it was, I knew we should break up and I didn't have the guts to. Right. But I'm curious, 
if you have the same fear of commitment, you seem like you're more socially adept than I am because if I get invited to a party or I have some sort of commitment, even if it's with a good friend, like, well, let's go, hey, Dr. Drew, let's, yeah. go, let's go get dinner tonight. I'm like, all right. And then all day I'm like, fuck, go to dinner. Fuh, uh, I don't no, like this. I don't no, have I freak that. out. Yeah. I, I literally get a knot in my stomach. And then once I'm there, I'm like, everything's great. And it's the same thing going to a social engagement, a party or something. It's I dread it. Dread, dread, dread 100% of the time. And when I'm there, it's fine. Is it? But that's anxiety. Maybe. Right? I just thought it was fear of commitment. No, that's not fear of commitment. I feel like I, I, have, I want this freedom that I'm not going to ever exploit. Like, I, like I'm a gypsy and right. I, need, I need to be free, like on the road all the time. When right. am I going anywhere? Right, 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 right. Yeah. So when I leave, I'm in a panic to get back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. Like, I, just... I, I need to be back in L.A. where things are happening. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? As if also you can't live anywhere and, you know, yeah. do things. Um, you can't. You know, my fear of commitment, I, I, I think it's less a fear of commitment and more, um, you know, just not wanting it for a long time. Um, but that being said, it's not like I met such great people that I go, I mean, I really do think, uh, you know, my college boyfriend who I was totally in love with is the only one that got away. Yeah. The rest of them? How do you define the love though? Like, what, what do you feel about him? Like, did you feel at least? Was that like your first love? Or did you feel it wasn't like the first you and I, I were bonded, I was in love. But did you feel like you guys had like a connection that can't be... Yeah. That, okay, that's and, and I don't know stuff. that it's describable. It's funny because somebody was asking me that semi-recently, and I said, this is so sad, and I get that it's sad. It's like the way I feel about my cat that I'm obsessed with. It's not that different, you know, where it's just like, oh, my God, you're so... It's different because I like my cat is so young. You said cat, right? Yeah. Okay. Not cap. <laughs> that, that would be sad. I know, I know you said cat. I, I, I thought I may have heard something totally... What did you think I said? No, I thought you might have said a person's name. Oh, Mike something. Oh. And then uh, I was like, no, she said cat. It was cat. <laughs> what if I was like, Mike Carano? It's the way I feel. Oh, um, I'd be embarrassed. I love you kind of blush. She didn't blush at all. Um, but I'd be embarrassed. But, yeah, so, but I am now at a point where I am wanting that. And, and I have some candidates. Like maternally? That, for sure. Biologically? Yeah, for sure. But I, I have actual candidates that I'm interacting with, that I'm doing it in a healthy way. The word candidates that leads me to believe they're not like your... I hate I the word just, soulmate. I hate the phrase soulmate. I was soulmate, being but it, clever. I was okay. being flippant on purpose. So you have several people that you like, that you're attracted to. I, I'm dating. Okay. You know? And Do you, you have guilt? No. You don't, you don't have guilt that you're on a date with one guy and there's another dude waiting to go on a no. date with you. See, that would kill me. That kill me. It might be a male-female thing because it, it's the subconscious that, you know... I need a therapist. You don't have one? No. Ever? No. no. I, I know I need one. I know I need one. Well, it just is, is feels... Let me tell you what happened this past week. Yeah. I took care of my ex-girlfriend's dog for five days. Mm-hmm. A little part of me is looking forward to it because I miss that dog. Like, you can't... I've never experienced love from something like that. Mm-hmm. And I love that little dog. And it was... Five days of dread, five days of me not being able to do a single fucking thing mm-hmm. because I didn't want that dog to be alone. Mm-hmm. And I'm not kidding you. Mm-hmm. I'm not kidding you. And my driving home Saturday night from Disneyland was anxiety ridden. It felt like somebody was standing on my chest and I couldn't breathe because I needed to get home and get that dog because I didn't want her to be alone for another few do minutes. You, how much not to like play Freud, but how much do you think that has to do with having a mentally ill mom and feeling like you had to take care of her? I, I don't know if that there's a relation there because we didn't really take care of her um, but, but maybe it, was maybe it is but I don't like that feeling and I would yeah. like I would feel it's and it's not like I'm a holier than that person because right. I'm a 
big fucking fuck up, you know. And uh, but I would feel so uncomfortable dating somebody and then going out with somebody else. And I know it's totally human. No, natural, you're not. It's not a boyfriend girlfriend thing. It's just going out. Yeah, and that, and you know, and it's it, it's sort of a like that's what you should do until you know. You know, I used to just jump into these things not knowing these people, and but it was know, fun though, right? Super fun. Yeah. It's like meth. Yeah. Not that I ever did meth. You didn't do meth? I did it once and I hated oh it. Oh my god. But I get the addiction to meth. Really? Yeah. I don't know. If, I think it might have been too much for me. It's. Uh, I love that speed, that feeling, but I only did it a few times. Right. The worst depression follows. Yeah, the cocaine depression was so much for me that I don't. I didn't have that that much, but the meth one was like severe. Like yeah. I might kill myself. Like I, yeah. it wasn't like a, I'm consciously telling people or I'm verbalizing that. It's right. just in my head. I'm like, I I want to die. Right. Yeah, I want this to end. Do you not? Had you not felt like that except for? The no, I had a couple of little bouts, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, but not not a lot. I mean, I had one time where I knew, and I knew it was real because I I wasn't gonna tell anybody, and I was just like, I just want this to stop. What did you do? It's kind of a weird, fluky, again, another word I don't like, aside from soulmate, which isn't a word, it's two words, is miracle. But right. I had an episode probably 10 or 11 years ago when mm-hmm. I was living in San Diego and then driving up here, because mm-hmm. that's part of my problem, is I decided a three-hour commute every single day would be perfect. Right. Um, and it was a Sunday, and I was just at the end of my rope and it was just like this cloud and I was like I'm just going to drive off the over I mean I wasn't thinking I was just like I know what's going to happen and I'm not telling anybody I don't want help I mm-hmm. just want this to stop and I swear to God my do- my dermatologist of all people who mm-hmm. I'm friends with called me on Sunday and he goes hey because I'm a photographer mm-hmm. and he goes can you print some stuff for my mom for Mother's Day I totally screwed up and didn't get these I want to print a poster size print for her and I just started sobbing mm-hmm. and he's like where are you and he drove to Orange County and brought me a Xanax and took me out to lunch had a long talk and he goes you need to go see someone tomorrow morning and I'm going to make you an appointment and here's what happened I went from the lowest depth I've ever felt in my entire life to 10 minutes into the Xanax going I'm embarrassed right. I don't know what that was about right. like I'm embarrassed and I wasn't right. high or anything I was just like wow I'm embarrassed like I don't know how that pill took everything away instantly and it never came back? No, I went and saw a therapist okay. or a psycho- psychiatrist for like three weeks. Okay. That didn't end well. Why? What, how did it end? It ended with her going, I'm here to prescribe drugs for you. Yeah. And not for you to talk. And I would just blow right past that and go, blah, blah, blah. Why? And she'd go, Mike, this is $400. Yeah. If you keep talking, I'm going to keep charging you. And i just talk for an hour until she kicked me out. And the third time she went, can I ask you a question? This is horrible. And she goes, you have a lot of the same problems my 12-year-old daughter has. <laughs> And she goes, I want to ask you. And I was like, I'm, I'm done. Yeah. I can't come back here now. Right. I have the same problem your 12-year-old daughter So she was, she was trying to get information from you so that I she could find I think she was doing it to get me out of there. Yeah. Yeah. Or to get you to wake up. Yeah. You know, or whatever. Are you taking any drugs? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I take them. Because I stopped everything about a year ago. Why? Just tried to... I don't know. You know, I tried a bunch of different things. And Wellbutrin made things 50 times worse. And now I'm thinking I'm going to go back and get something because... Kind of in this. Why not? I just think it's like, why not? I'd rather not. Yeah, of course. I don't. Maybe I don't believe it works, even though I've tried a couple different things and I haven't had super great results. Right. um, I don't know. I've had good results. Yeah. What are you taking? Lamictal. I just switched. Okay. Is it a long-term thing? Great drug, yeah. I mean, you know, I some of that so. stuff will work faster, and some stuff takes like a month to even have an effect. Yeah, this I think this worked pretty fast. Yeah. 
Um, Do you have yeah. problems sleeping? Insomnia? Um, I used to. I used to. I actually take I take another thing for anxiety at night. Yeah, so now I don't have sleep. Problems. What do you take at night? Trazodone. Um, get some of that. That's a good one. I'm a big fan of both of them. I mean, I have had with Lamictal insane things where where I am it, like I, this interaction I had with my dad yeah. um, over the weekend, uh, kind of thing where you know I was asking him something, and if you ask him something that he doesn't like, that he's sort of lying about, he goes, "Stop abusing me," and that used to. Um, hmm throw me into a rage and I would and my mom goes hey Anna a rage meaning like your you be your attitude be you don't know abuse or no I don't I would like not be able to stop doing what he was asking me not to because I think that's an insane he's the abuser like I'm not abusing him by asking yeah. him something yeah. that's uncomfortable for him and my mom goes hey you know Anna you should chill because he's just gonna get worse kind of a thing your mom his ex yeah, but my mom Living gets it. <laughs> um, and I and I was just like, cool, I, and I stopped. Whereas before the Lamictal, I would not have been able to stop, literally. Good. And so that's an insanely amazing thing. It's happened a bunch of times. So I'm a big advocate for people who need them, you know. And why not? Like, you know, we, we're depriving ourselves. True. But do you think as a society in general, at, at this point in time, we all feel like we're depressed? No. Seems to me that most people. I think that if you need drugs like that, you can tell. In the same way, you know, alcoholism is a self-defined thing. You can tell. And I think with but let's that, compare it to let's. I know. I know you're probably under the gun in here, mm, and it's too late for me to recoup and try uh, to entertain you. But uh, you are. This oh, is the no, best one ever. That's not just that's not just that's See now, I think you're a liar. And they're, they're, that's ludicrous. I don't lie. I just told you I don't stay in that relationships. That's too harsh of a word. Like, I, I like get me. the hell out. Yeah. I mean, um, I'm not, I'm not Let's liar. just say a hundred years ago. And I don't mean the, I don't mean the ignorant side of it where shut up, man up and get over it. But when you're busy, if you had to get up and go work all day and then mm-hmm. you're tired and you're so bed at night, I bet depression, sincere depression was so much less prevalent. Because I, I think true. now people have heard, have heard like keywords and they've heard about it so often they think like, I'm not happy, so I'm depressed. But I know the difference between yeah. depression and yeah. a chemical yeah. situation. I think, I think all this social media, which we open this with, is going to be the cause of the worst depression ever. I think it already is. There's no way not to be depressed. As an adult man, yeah. I'm depressed looking at it because it really genuinely looks like everyone's having a better time than I'm having. Yeah, but if you and know, I do a lot of stuff, I'm out all the time. Right. <laughs> I go to a lot of events and right. I and and I try to have fun. Like just try go. I try going places. Right. And uh, it looks like I'm leading the dullest life on the planet compared to all my friends and pictures of them in Italy. <laughs> and oh, look at me! I'm on the, a yacht. And I'm doing you know. And oh, right. look, I'm at the front row. Of the concert, you were in the 14th row. Right, oh, but I'm better. Just, but that's all lies. I know. I, I, I fall victim to it at times. But it's hard to not go look at that and just go, oh, man. I know, I know. You know, it takes... I, I had to go through my Facebook... Oh, I was going through my Facebook friends because I was trying to brainstorm new guests for this podcast. And... And it takes a like it takes a strong woman to go to like start going through every single person, because you are you are getting you know one thousand three hundred versions yeah. of that. Yeah. You know, but 
dude, this is so good. I gotta wrap up just because okay. we've been going forever. Thank you for having me, by the way. Thank you for. I really felt like I was all over the map and I wasn't thinking. And, I'm, and I apologize. No, that's what I heard you say on the mental illness happy hour. And so it's clearly, I'm sorry, but it's clearly like. That, not that could have been my biggest regret ever. And you want to know something? Why? Well, because I just lost it. Like I was just unloading on that on that show. I felt great afterwards. Like, right. Wow, I got that off my chest. But I realized I sound like meant very very. It's it was true. It was sin- very sincere. But right. I was like talking about th- like thinking about shooting my neighbor. Yeah, and yeah, stuff. yeah. I'm like I regret that. And then somebody, people that listen to this other podcast, I do know that I moved from Orange County to LA and I sold my place down there, rented an apartment. Yeah. And and then somebody sent me an email and said, if your landlord ever hears this, you're never gonna. You're you're you're, you're never going to be able to rent the place. And I, my first thought, and I promise you, this is the truth, was, I have to move into a motorhome. And I started looking for motorhomes, and I went motorhome shopping. And I'm not joking one right, bit. Right, right. And I'm like, that's it. I'm kicked out. I need to rent a motorhome. Yeah. What yeah. am I doing? Yeah. Like yeah. that was sincere, and yeah. that still lingers. Like, once they find out what I'm up to, I'm out. <laughs> no. I've moved that's since then. Crazy. That's a, a really ridiculous person who said that. Um, I no, it's not because if I rented a place to me and I heard me talking about, I'm thinking about shooting my neighbor through the floor because he walks too loud. I think you said it with like, a, I know this is insane and I'd never do it, kind of a thing. Hmm. You know, yeah, I don't. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's like, but I do relate to that. When I got fired from my first job, I was like, oh, I can never work in a magazine again. No, you're done, right? It's over. They, it's a, they it's spread a, the word. It's over. <laughs> and so I had to find a new a new business. You know, I was just positive. Oh, yeah. No, I'm with you. Yeah. Not so. I've worked for the same company. Like, I've done a bunch of different things, and I do a lot. I'm mostly independent stuff, but I've worked for the Improv for 25 years. And we just opened a new club in, in Irvine, and I'm down there with all my photos. That's what I, I'm a photographer. I know. I'm I've seen your stuff. Putting photos really up good. there, and, but I'm 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 putting them up, and I know in my heart I'm getting fired after this job. Right. Why would I get fired now? Right. But I knew it in my heart. Right. And it ruined a week down there. I'm like, fuck these assholes. How about, gonna fire me. Well, this is this is the same thing you were just talking about. But when I used to do coke, like all night, and have all of Gay West Hollywood had a key to my apartment, um, every time I opened the mail, I was convinced it was going to be an eviction notice. Convinced. Never was. I didn't know they had notices. I don't know that they did. There's a notice coming? <laughs> Pay no attention to that van? I was doing a lot of, like... Did you ever have an intervention done on you? No. No. I was, like, very solitary for years and years. I just did it alone. Does this sound honest? Be honest with yeah. me about this one. I don't know why. I wish I wouldn't have prefaced it with that. Yeah. That was I'm always funny. honest. True. You know, I hate when I say something like that. But, but uh... I'll just say this. From my perspective, I think it would be fun. This isn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. For you and I, a bunch of alcoholics to get wasted and do a bunch of coke. Yeah, it's not gonna happen. No, I know, but wouldn't that, doesn't that sound fun? Well, don't people in a like when you have friends in program, it's like, oh my god, imagine what we would have yeah, liked together. That's what I mean. But doesn't that right. sound like fun? Like it sounds like fun. No, it sounds horrible. But I have that immediate knee jerk reaction as I remember how suicidal yeah, I was, yeah. and I'm like, that sounds awful. awful. It just seems like I would like to drink with a bunch of AA people. I wouldn't. I don't know. I recoil like it's a hot flame, like they say mm-hmm. in our literature. Um, like, I really do. I'm not going to. You're not? No, I don't think so. I don't know how I... I think if you were going to, you probably would. Yeah, all those people. <laughs> Listen, you guys. You'd have a tough time. I did have a friend in early sobriety who relapsed all the time. And I remember on my first, second, fourth of July sober, he's like, you want to just fucking go do it? And I, I thought about it, and mm. I was like, I can't hang hey, out this Okay, let me, let me okay. ask you one last thing. Yeah. Maybe this is personal. I should Uh-oh. talk about this on the show. What about these people at mm-hmm. the meetings? 
I think I know the answer to this, which is just to stop being such a dick and mm-hmm. be more accepting and loving of other people. But what about, do you ever have an issue with this? Because I'm dealing with this in my head a little bit. It was worse for a while, a few months ago, but who clearly fall off the wagon every week and come back into rousing applause to one day. Mm-hmm. Like, what is that? I only, I can only think of one person I know who does that, and he drives me crazy because he wants so much attention. Yeah, it's probably the same person it. I'm thinking about. I don't know. It's only at a certain meeting, and I just find him, I'd find him annoying either way. Um, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I, I, I sometimes assume that people's alcoholism is worse than mine, and that, that I'm in no position to judge people who Yeah, relax. I think that's a help. That's a good, that's what I mean. So I think it's the mind. truth. Yeah. I think you're right. I but, think you're right. but that, like, clarity. I think it is. I think I am judging way too much because I do think I look at that person and I'm like, this is bullshit. You just did this. But you don't know his brain, you know? know? You're right. Um, and there's no other explanation. Like, well, what? Some of us are just better? No. Well, saying this whole explanation is not being cynical enough because I also realized, uh, like, in my first two months of not drinking and going to meetings, that holy shit. If I was like an actor or something, this would be the greatest thing for my career ever. Because my friends that came out of the woodwork right. are all directors and producers, and, oh. and they're like, "Oh, good! I'm so glad to hear." It. And I was like, "You got to introduce me to those people." I'm, I'm, oh. My program friends are distinctly not powerful. <laughs> it's, it's a bummer. Um, but but I mean, I was like, "Wow, this could I could see how this would benefit you a lot." I, I mean, I've had friends that just not if you weren't like you can't. It's like that player, remember Peter, yeah. whatever. Yeah, it's like if you're not. It's not going to help you if you're there for the wrong reasons, because it's yeah, going to be pretty right. apparent. Pretty do you believe quickly. in a spirituality? Yeah. Do you believe in a higher power, like a godly higher power, or do you believe do. in what you want it to be? I believe, it, it, you know, in a combination. Somehow it's me, it's my higher self, and something bigger than me. Do you have a fear of death? Um, I have a fear of other people dying way more than I have a fear of me dying. Like people. You don't have an overall, because uh, I, I wonder, if, I, I was just curious about... I'm sorry to keep bringing it back to me, but I was I wonder if you shared the same like I feel like I've wasted so much time and I'm not gonna leave something behind that I should have left behind. And I don't mean like a legacy. Maybe a little bit I do, but mostly like I didn't do enough work in life. Like I should have done more for people and I should have left more stuff behind. I don't know. I, I don't really I mean like I really, really buy into this idea that that um, everything happened the way it was meant to, everything continues to happen the way it's meant to, and that these meant things... Meant to by whose who's guideline? Like who, who? The universe. Okay. You don't believe it's total chaos? I believe it's like horoscopes. If you believe... Then, it, then it's worse for you? Then it's true. Okay. I haven't I like had that. anything that has proven otherwise yet. You Were know? you ever religious? Did you ever believe in a god? Yeah, I think in early sobriety I, I did. You know, and I pray. God in the Bible, or God in the, you know. I actually don't know that much about God in the Bible. You know, I'm woefully ignorant about that. But just this idea, I know that I couldn't stop doing cocaine um, for years I tried. And then I know that I embraced this idea of God and spirituality, and it was removed from me. Is uh, sobriety your, your priority in life, or do you have other priorities? Sometimes other things get in the way. It's really bad. No, but I don't think that's bad. I don't think that's bad. Well, when my yoga class comes before it, that's when I'm like, "Mm, mm." we have to stop. We talked for way too long. You've been amazing. No, no, I wish you wouldn't have said that. I'm so sorry. I don't lie to you guys in general, and I didn't lie to you then. That was fucking some, like, that's like some brain synapse firing inside into alcoholism and 
people, I think, I think, and I was here for it. I am actually excited to listen to this, which I don't normally feel that way because, I, you know, it requires a, you know, whatever. You know what it requires. Anyway, hope you love them. Mike Carano, After Party Pod.